0: Logan, that thing I dudes, that thing I duets, that thing I doers, that thing I do nots.
1: Is that the name of our fan base?
0: I don't know. I'm copying Mark Maron. I'm a big Mark Maron fan, so he has like what the fuckers, what the what the fuckets, what the fuck, like what the fucking ears.
1: I think that it works for that thing I doers. That actually works way better. That thing than- I
0: doers. I like that thing I dudes and dudets, or that thing I duets and dudes, depending on which gender you happen to want to put first, with no preference necessarily. It's just whatever. Falls off the tongue better. I'm going
1: to say it's sticking.
0: Which one? Dudettes or dudes?
1: I think any and all.
0: I th- I'm going to just give different variations every time. Every
1: time. Yeah. That like thing the Oneeders. Is... We're not like the the Wonders.
0: Yeah. No, the it's the
1: Oneeders. No, it's yeah. the dudes, the the, what, the that thing I doers, that thing I do dads. I'm into it. I love it.
0: Yeah, all of them. We're working it out, guys. Um, In real we time. And might as well because it's episode five. Yes. Right? How are you feeling about it?
1: I love it. I told you, this is the thing that I look forward to every week.
0: Yeah, it's fun to kind of just chat. I think when we have our guests, I get a little... I'm, I'm, I'm wary to not like just go into our own little rabbit hole as you and I tend to do because I want to make sure that we're attending to our, our marvelous guests. But I do enjoy kind of get into the weeds. what's new with you what have we missed?
1: Well no what I was going to tell you is I think since we started the since the podcast started airing I've also like realized that like there is a lot of crossover between Heim fans and Darren Chris fans.
0: Really? Yes. Has the algorithm revealed this?
1: No, it's not even the algorithm. It's just me, like my my friends and like I mean, people no that I people that taste, I meet no. out in the world. People have just been like really nice about the podcast and they've just been like, Yeah, man, I was like a huge fan of, of Darren and I'm a huge fan of you and the fact that like everyone everyone is just has well, been Well, if like, you're
0: one of those people, thank you for listening. I, I've all I really didn't know what to expect and uh I'm constantly self deprecating about this because I'm like it's just me and Esty talking I don't know if it's going to be interesting, we probably just ramble. I tend to go on tangents that aren't necessarily connected, and you know i'm I'm such a stickler for for trying to be concise, even though i I'm not you know I definitely don't bat a thousand when it comes to that, so anytime I hear our our casts I'm just like ugh i hope I hope people like' them. so if you have been listening and following along, appreciate it um it's so really far- amazing.
1: I mean, granted, like there's this is people that I'm meeting IRL. This is people that I'm meeting kind of like on the street, but also friends that have just been really supportive and really nice. So it's it's been great to hear that.
0: Yeah, let's keep it up. I'm notorious. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm notoriously and my my uh, friends and followers and supporters have been are very aware of this. I'm horrible at social media. I, I just was not built for it. I'm clearly not built for brevity. Um, nor am I built for like, just shooting things off the handle. Even though, ironically, I do that on this podcast. Yeah. But people just like post stuff; they don't think about it. Like for me, I go, "It's forever." So I, as a result, I never post anything. But I do every now and then, especially if you know I have something out there in the world. I like to interact with people, and I, I'm I'm ashamed to say I haven't been act- interacting with enough people. I did see one thing. I remember when I was really like. Not sure if I wanted to tell the Mia story about the peeing story. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I fronted it with saying that if this isn't for you, like it's going to separate you from the like if you're if you're really cool and fun or not. And I think whatever small zero zero point zero one percent of people that were scandalized by this what I thought to be kind of a charming and vulnerable story about just like a cool chick, <laughs> you know, being kind of rock and roll. Right. I was I was surprised. I, I saw one or two things, but it's so annoying. You know, I mean, I'm sure you do this all the time. It's like you see one sort of, not even negative thing. It, was, it wasn't it was negative. One not so positive thing, and then it just sort of consumes your uh, perception of all reaction, even though totally. it's wildly disproportionate.
1: It rubs the shine off of it, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think that that's also like, I think it stings in the moment, but I think that we, I think are also, I think we're self aware enough to also be like, it's like what you said, which is like, yeah, it wasn't for that person. If anything, it was kind of like a litmus test.
0: Yeah. For me, it's like, thanks for even giving us a shot. I think I wrote something back. I I write stuff back to people all the time and never send it constantly. I have like a whole like tome of Of replies. Oh yeah. I never do it. I never do it. I just do it sort of therapeutically and I just let it go. I, I don't do to, Like dignify them with a response.
1: I do that with like X's.
0: <laughs> oh man, you and the X's. Let's Me get them and out of exes. here. The
1: X's. I well, like I'll write them letters and then burn them.
0: That's that's actually incredibly cathartic. That's 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 very. It spiritual. is cathartic. It's like that's why people go to Burning Man, right? Like they go and like they burn. Yes. Their last pack of cigarettes, or you know, uh, I think X's are, are a pretty common theme. I've never done Burning Man, but I'm, I'm aware of the sort of like ideology. Yes, of this sort of you know cleansing of this, the thing, burning it, letting it go into.
1: Yes, I do think it's cathartic, and also speaking of speaking of uh, festivals,
0: dude, the, the you know, line of festivals in our life.
1: I know, and that's really where our guest today—that's where our, my guest, our guest, and I—truly solidified our friendship.
0: Yeah, I was I was saying festivals have definitely connected. When we, I forget which episode it was, we were trying to like do an archaeological dig on our origin story and it's got a couple different like plot points, but one of them was was Coachella. Yes. And this makes us sound like such fucking LA people, which is something else I wanted to check for our listeners who, most of whom I'm assuming, don't live in the Los Angeles area, didn't grow up here. And so I just had to sort of let them know that I, I am officially checking our LA metropolitan bubble that experience is not everyone's experience. And, you know, people are from all over the world who listen to this and all over the United States and are very, you know, the way I think you guys were talking about like, but we were doing this stuff before it was cool. And I was just like, you guys are LA girls. You were doing something that was like LA and hip when you were a kid, like everybody else from other parts of the country or the world have I don't know. I guess what I'm what I'm saying is I I don't want people to feel excluded because all of our guests have been very much part of LA culture and don't worry guys we're going to we're going to diversify our our guest portfolio and have people from all over with different experiences but i just had to check ourselves because we talked a lot about that in coachella and i was like oh my god if you're not from la you're probably just rolling your eyes every time we talk about that
1: that could especially as a san franciscan
0: which is still california but still i felt i felt obligated to just if you if you listen to this rolling your eyes at it i feel you i see you and we've got more to go your feelings are
1: valid however this podcast is about our experience
0: (laughs) yeah it's true it is you you listen to sd hyam is a valley girl
1: this is my i was born and raised here i was born in tarzana california i grew up in the valley i still reside in the valley um i've stayed true to my valley roots and as uh, a young girl you know frolicking through the valley you meet some people yeah and you never know who you're gonna meet
0: yeah and one of those people again later in life
1: Yes, and then one of those people that I met, you know, in my teens was Evan Rachel Wood. And at that point she'd already I she'd already done 13, I believe she'd already done across the universe. So when I met her, I was completely in awe of her. I was such a big fan. Um and like I like I said, like, you know, I to my like to my great surprise, she is quite literally like a human jukebox. Yeah, And those are my people. Like my best friend Grover is also a human jukebox. You, Darren Chris, are a human jukebox. Oh, thank you. So it was really nice to just hang out with her because I could talk about music with her till the cows came home. We would sing songs together and go to karaoke together. And she's always just so much fun. And I know you can attest to this, Darren, has like the best sense of humor. Yeah, it's she's, just she's uh, so fucking I funny.
0: Mean, yeah, she, I mean, she's listen. She's got it all, man. Everybody, Evan, she's she's a special one. And I mentioned this on our, in our interview, which we're about to play for you guys. But you know, we talked about a lot of cool things, and yes, a lot of it was the the things that connected us, uh, not only artistically but personally. And you know, we kind of are sipping the same Kool-Aid for better or for worse <laughs> and uh yeah she if, if you guys don't know Evan Rachel Wood you know she's um, had a really illustrious career as an actress i mean i think probably most widely known now at, at the moment it, you know actors shift from gig to gig but right now i think we, we didn't even mention it in the interview but uh, she's currently on Westworld i think she's she's shooting that right now um yeah you mentioned 13 that was the first time i was aware of her which mm-hmm. is a pretty pretty gnarly movie um but uh, a very good one and she was excellent in it and uh Gosh, you know, I, I looked at her resume after the fact and I was like, Holy shit, she's just in everything. She's 100%, in fucking everything. She was in this movie called Ides of March, which I was a senior in college in Ann Arbor, Michigan, when they were filming that. And I remember it was so exciting because it was it was like Ryan Gosling and George Clooney and and uh, I'm forgetting other people because it's a lot of like big names. And Evan Rachel Wood was in it and I was I remember thinking, Whoa. I mean we're the same age, and I remember thinking like senior year going, like, oh, I wonder if I'm gonna see like Evan Rachel Wood, she's like so cool. And then she also did this movie, and I should have told her this. This is just a little side story. Talk about our experiences. Yes. Uh, okay, so there's this guy, Joe Cross, who Estee may or may not know. And when my first audition ever, when I was a kid, I was like maybe like 10 years old. And I grew up in San Francisco, so getting auditioned for like a movie or something wasn't something that happened a lot. It's because I went to this acting conservatory, and for some reason or another, I it, would it got this thing. I didn't like have an agent, I was just like a kid. And, um, I think someone must have recommended to to my mom or something. Okay. uh, I got to go on a professional movie audition. This was like for, I couldn't believe it. It was so exciting when I was a kid and it was for a movie, a Christmas movie called Jack Frost at the time full circle to George Clooney. Holy shit. I didn't even think about that, but it was starring George Clooney at the time. And it was one of these Christmas movies where like a father is reincarnated into like a a snowman that the kid builds and it sounds kind of creepy, but you know, it was like a nineties Christmas movie. And uh, I remember auditioning for it and having no real concept of how these things work in my mind. It's like, it's not that I didn't get it. It's like something surely went wrong, you know, because in a matter of like a year or two, this movie came out and it was Michael Keaton. So that wasn't George Clooney. So maybe I got cast and then they changed it. And so they had to change the sun. Like, who knows? It's all good. It's acting. Aww. It's like, whatever. But. This movie, when it came out, it was really important to me to watch it because obviously it was my first experience with auditioning for anything. I haven't told the story in years. I haven't thought about this. And the guy who played the kid was this kid named Joseph Cross. And it was funny because we we're like, wow, so close. My name is Darren Chris. It's like one vowel off. Right. And so that was like, I don't know. It was like a story in our in our lives of like Joe Cross, the guy who's in that movie. There's a B story to this that I'll tell another time, Esty, which okay. has to do with my obsession with Phantom Planet, which we've talked about a oh. lot. I don't want to derail the conversation, but the other movie they auditioned for when I was a kid was a movie called Rushmore, which is no. why I ended up loving Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman! Wes Anderson and Phantom Planet, two of the most influential things in my life. That's too much of a sidetrack, so I'm going to keep going with Joseph Cross. Okay, 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 okay. okay so back okay, to okay. Joseph Cross. We, um, so he's just a name in our household, like this guy, this actor. Cut to my brother goes to college at Trinity College in Hartford, Connecticut, and who is in his class but Joseph Fucking Cross? Uh, they become pals, and uh, it's all it's all good. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if they were close or not, but you know they were, they were around each other. My right. brother's like, you're never going to believe it, Joseph Cross is like here, <laughs> and I was like, what? So there was all these parallels around this guy. I think we met once somewhere around the way. You know, it's funny how these things work, but. What's nuts is Joseph Cross did a movie with Ryan Murphy. It was Ryan Murphy's, I think, first movie he directed. Okay. And um, it's just nuts because, uh, like, I again, I'm Ryan Murphy. Like, it, it, it's all kind of adjacent. Yes. If he knows you, he knows every Wood because she was in Running with Scissors. So when I'm reading this, going, God, she's in all of the things in my. Life that I experienced, and also not for nothing. This is probably the biggest one, and we get into this in the interview. She plays Queen Aduna. She gets to sing. She gets to be a Disney, yes. not only Disney princess, a Disney queen, um, singing in Frozen Two,
1: which is incredible.
0: And she's you know a wonderful musician, a great singer. She's had a band. She played Elsie Fest, my festival in New York. She played with a band. Uh, I think they've now disbanded, but it was a band called um, uh, 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 Rebel in a Basket Case. It was an electro pop duo, and now she's in a band with um, Zane Carney, and they're yes. called Evan and Zane. So yeah, she's done a whole bunch of stuff. We talk about 90s, talk about songwriting. I don't know, what else did we talk about? It was a good conversation. She's just a cool chick. We now. just
1: talked forever. I mean, I I also hadn't like I hadn't seen Evan in like like since before the pandemic. So- I
0: I wanted to leave. I was like, should I let you guys catch up? Like Valley Girls, man. <laughs> like people used to make fun of the concept of Valley Girls when we were kids, but now that I'm older, they're all super cool. Which I guess is the way of things. Man,
1: you, we're salt to the earth.
0: Yeah, you guys are so cool. I just felt so like, wow. I, and I say this several times during the interview. And I'm not going to lie, I thought I was pulling my weight because you got Maya, you got your sisters, obviously. <laughs> and so I hit up Evan thinking that I'm really bringing something cool to the plate. And we show up, and you guys have this whole backstory. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Like, I don't, I thought I knew people. I don't. You Again, know them all.
1: You know, you've, you've been around the sun 35 times. Yeah, you tend collect to pick up some. a couple some, stragglers. Yep, you collect a couple stragglers. But yeah, no, Evan is like, Evan is, she's just the best and was such a, like a big part of my early 20s into my late 20s and She now. just
0: sent us a picture, by the way, that were those pictures of you guys. Oh, I'm going to post that. We may oh, have to post those. Oh, I'm going to post They're wonderful. It.
1: I remember, and the funny thing, and I, I feel like I said this in our group chat, that night that that photo was taken, it was Evan's 20th birthday, right before we me, Danielle and I left for the party, we had taken. we were taking the Polaroid camera with us to this party. And right before we left, my dad was like, um, because I think my dad was like, like felt bad that Alana wasn't coming with us because she was also like 15 years old at the time. She was a child or even younger than that. I think Alana was 14, maybe even 13. And he was like, let me take a photo of all three of you. And so we took a photo of all three of us. And then we ended up using that photo as like the Hyam, like band profile picture for like seven years six years
0: wait she took that photo
1: no my dad took the photo oh, your right dad be- took it i'm sorry right before we left for the bar- the birthday party my dad took that picture and again that was the photo that we used as like our band profile photo like on myspace and on twitter and on you know it was just that's a big one that's a big one so that night was has been like immortalized you know forever with within the Haim canon, you know?
0: Wow. And so she's, so she's just, kind, she's like your Joe Cross. She's, she's my Joe of, Cross. I don't know. I think it's a little more heavy than that. I, that's, I, that's sort of <laughs> being a bit reductive. I don't, Joe Cross, if you're listening to this for whatever reason, I think you're a great actor. We don't know each other very well, but he has this, you have this place in my life that's kind of, kind of unique.
1: Yeah. Evan might be a little bit more, uh, integral to the, the world of S.D. Haim and the world of Haim at large, but, I also do know Joseph Cross so uh, if he is listening I say hello we'll get him on the show
0: eventually but in the meantime we have the amazing the beautiful the very talented valley girl herself Evan Rachel Wood here's the interview you guys go back this this is something I talk about a lot in the show Evan which is my fascination with LA kids all having come up together and yet again here, here's another example I know. of this, unbeknownst to me. I'm friends with both of you, and I did not know this until recently.
1: It's a thing. It is totally a thing. So I remember meeting Evan for the first time. I was in, I was going to Valley College, as one does when living in the Valley. Oh, yes. And my friend Marina that I'd met in our Philosophy One class, who I also went to elementary school with but had re-met at Valley, was like, oh, I'm going to go, you know – I'm gonna go pick up my friend Evan and I was like cool Evan sounds sounds cool thought Evan was a dude and then I pull up and it's this magical wizardress that is Evan Rachel Wood (laughs) sitting in a park in the parking lot of the El Pollo Loco in Sherman Oaks Valley Valley Kid and to my this was to my my great surprise because I you know I was in awe of Evan first of all Not just, you know, she was the sweetest and had all these amazing stories, but was just so talented. And I, you know, I think I think from from there on in, we'd kept in touch and we would see each other through. We had, you know, this mutual friend, Marina. But then we really, I think, solidified our friendship when we produced counterfeit passes to Coachella together.
2: This is what I was going to talk about. Yes. So. So this checks out. This checks out. So. So I, I used to get the VIP passes for Coachella, or not passes, but maybe one or two passes. And this is back in the day before they had the chips connected to the bracelets that you had to like put in the machine. It, yes. it was probably our fault, Esty, I honestly. was going to say,
0: you guys cost we Coachella this the research I think money this is to put of chips in the things. Wow.
2: So one year, we went together. It was this kind of big group. Uh, it was uh, Esty and her sisters and our mutual friend and a couple of other people. And we all went to Kinko's and broke the bracelet <laughs> like, in half <laughs> so that it, it would lay flat. And then we made like picture perfect copies of them, cut them and then put black tape on the back and then put them on our wrists and like put lots of bracelets around them and security never checked to see if they were legit and so i would get like five people backstage yes <laughs> this is <laughs> all incredible. because of evan yeah
0: our listeners couldn't see uh SD, like nodding giddily like yep i'm this is inc- this is extraordinary i can i ask how old you guys were when was this
2: 19 uh, 19 yeah 19 for sure
0: Oh my God. And
2: I remember what solidified my friendship with Estee was I was playing music in the like weird desert house that we were all in. (laughs) And I think it went from like show tunes to like Life is a Highway to like Joni Mitchell to some other random obscure thing. And Essie just looks at me and goes, Who are you? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This all tracks.
2: That's what I knew we were like, she got it. 100%. I was oh, like, "Oh, you're a, happen. oh, you're a human jukebox.
1: I recognize you. I know yeah. I've met. I know you're kind." And, <laughs> and life I've is a highway.
0: Joni Mitchell and the show tunes all have the same uh, currency as well. That's that's an important qualifier for for a hang with I think any of us.
1: Yes. No. And I knew at that moment it was going to be forever. It was going how to be long forever.
0: How long did you guys do this? Did you? Was this like a common thing for Coachella? Until I don't until think I did you the go- chips?
1: Well, I don't think you go back after that. How do you how no. do how do you?
2: <laughs> we topped it when you guys played Coachella and then oh. and then our mutual friend <laughs> and I went to go see you guys and we were just like blown away thinking about how when we were little ruffians like you having know, to sneak going in, going under the fence, and then suddenly you yes. guys were on the stage, and it was all full full circle. That was that crazy. Is
0: such a good fucking story. I love that.
1: And then we went to we did Bonnaroo together. We did to Bonnaroo together. Yeah. Should I leave? Should I should I get out of here? Should <laughs> I leave you guys to catch up? There's A lot up? of history there, Darren, Chris. There's a lot of There's history. There's a lot of here. history.
0: I didn't meet either of you until a bit later. I was just telling Evan. It's like I feel like I may have picked up where SD might have lof- left off. Sure. So I, maybe. Wait. So okay. So you did. We well, did Bonnaroo together. This. Yeah. Keep going.
2: You came to my birthday party at the Chateau Marmont actually twice. Yes. Oh, what a, what, what a night. So,
1: so much dancing. Oh, I remember at
2: one point being in a circle of people singing the magic Harper ride to me. Yes, you be one of those people.
1: Yes! Yeah, it was it was a good night. We had a lot. We we were fun. We were like really fun.
2: We were so fun. We're still really fun. But yeah, we're, we were still way, really fun. We were holding it down. Oh yeah, yeah. Even oh, yeah. at sixteen, yeah.
0: I could say it's a small world, but I've come to a, a point in my life where I realized that a good people just beget good people, and b it's not that it's a small world. It's just that there's a finite amount of amazing, cool people, and we just know yeah
1: <laughs> I don't want to get too LA. We, we smell on our everyone. Own. We
0: we we just gravitate towards each other very quickly. It's well, trend. yeah, that's what I think this it is. is. Very I, wow. It's very encouraging.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, you attract the energy you put out, right? One hundred percent. Not yeah, to yeah, be, again. Sense. Not to get too LA on everyone. Well, but. no,
0: because I'm because I I'm friends with both of you completely separately. This is all fucking news to me. I'm friends with Evan through <laughs> I I fucking forget how. SD and Funny I still have different versions of how we met. Yeah, that's right. Of course. Duh. That was a, actually that was a perfect way to kick it off. We did this funnier die video that was kind of flipping the script on just kind of how uh, absurd the pro the, the the premise of the movie big is. so you can check out it afterwards. Um wait, I gotta go back to Bonnaroo for a second, because Coachella makes sense. LA girls, 19 year olds, that makes sense. While Fabulously promiscuous. Well, you know, I'm th- I'm like studying for finals in college. Like I'm not hanging out in L.A. Like this is like a right. lifestyle. You guys are the girls that I w- I would have been so enamored and intimidated and just so uh, inspired by because I was just not doing that kind of thing when I was 19 years old. That makes sense. L.A. Coachella, Bonnaroo, yes. bit of a trek, different state. How how does that how does that convene? Years
2: later, years later,
1: years later. When when Haim was playing, our mutual friend had moved to Tennessee, as did oh. I, randomly. Oh, of course, because as did you Evan.
0: Live in Nashville, yes. Evan, Rachel would that's yes, right.
1: And I immediately, when we were playing Bonnaroo, I reached out and I was like, "Should we just you know move the LA party to the fucking farm?"
0: Wow, that's so neat. Yes, and absolutely. it was like it was like
1: a rainstorm. It was like raining that year. It was a great show. It was a, it was so much fun. I mean, we were like we were like running all over again. Like that's what you do when you're at a festival, right? You just kind of run everywhere. Yeah,
2: that's right. There was that crazy rainstorm, and we thought yes. we were going to die. And that we were going to die. We were like in our
1: in in our dressing room, and people like the people were made out of metal. Yes, it was made out of metal, and there was like a electrical storm. And all the people that work at at Bonnaroo were coming to our our dorm. We're like, L- "Listen, little ladies, you might not you I might not want to leave tonight. You might not want to leave your you know your respective uh, dressing rooms. It's gonna get a little hairy out there." And we were like, "What the fuck?"
0: Because of lightning? That was one yes. of those crazy
2: crazy Nashville storms, you know, that just blows in and and gets super wild really fast. And we didn't really want to leave anyway, because we were partying in the dressing room. In the dressing
0: room. (laughs) So we (laughs) just like put on music and had a party. (laughs) We did. We did. (laughs) This is so cool. You guys are so fucking cool. I I just, like while I'm friends with you, I also have an objective relationship of the version of me that knew of you before you knew me. And I'm still, I'm like reveling in that version of Darren right now going, God, those girls are cool. Cool, I each think other, we were just—we cool were so
1: busy just lo- like having fun and not taking anything too seriously. No, you and know, we loved
2: music and yeah. we loved laughing, and everybody <laughs> yeah. had such quick, like, advanced sense of humors. You know, especially I don't know for how old we were, and oh, I don't know. Sure, like, we we all had, you know. Uh, our taste wasn't so modern. Like our tastes went far back into different decades and genres. And like, I don't know. We just vibed. We just, yes. Vibed.
1: Well, wait, Ev, do you remember? Okay. You weren't with us when we did this, but did Marina ever tell you, okay. So to going back to what you were saying, we're slightly all, I think collectively our friend group is obsessed with the 60s, 70s. They,
2: oh yes. We, we always have been. I swear to God. Before it was cool, before, like, everybody yes. was, like, doing it at Urban Outfitters and shit, like, <laughs> we were, we were holding that down. We would go to shops and, like, the record stores before it was, like, such a, you know, before, like, hipster was a, I a, mean, a thing. I know that word's been around, but, like, what it means now.
1: No, <laughs> but we're talking, like, we were, I mean, even in the in the 90s, we were, like, listen, listening to nothing but, like, K-Earth 101. <laughs> and yes. like that's all yes. that was like that was my love language was k 101 and i'm so, just gonna go
0: ahead and translate for a second i don't think that you oldies. guys did anything before it was cool you just started it thank right. you for your own age group i guess i could yeah. say because obviously the 60s and 70s started it but of course people yes. of your age millennials getting like fucking with like that sort of late 60s early 70s like sort of you know fucking cool style thing that we see very much proliferated through like It's it's almost kind of like synonymous with our our generation's hipster thing. Like it's sort of like the when our kids dress up for like Millennial Day, like making fun of our generation. They're just basically going to dress up like that.
1: Can't wait for that. Honestly,
0: fedoras and skinny jeans. I can't tell. It's one of the
1: yeah. Really, really counting down the days for when that happens. Really
0: stoked. I interrupted. So you guys, so you guys were rocking that shit.
1: Okay, so we, you know, there's all this kind of folklore surrounding Laurel Canyon. And Of the late
0: 60s and early 70s, if yes. people who are unfamiliar with the importance of that place and time.
1: I, I became obsessed. I think probably as a valley kid living off of Laurel Canyon, but on the valley side and hearing all these stories about, you know, Jim Morrison and the Houdini mansion on Lookout Mountain. and And I, you know, there's the Houdini mansion and then there's the one across the street, which is the Rick Rubin, the one that Rick Rubin owns. And there used to be, and then the Zappa house, all three of them were owned by Houdini. And there is a tunnel. Do you know this? Under the street going, connecting the two? Yes. 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 And then Frank Zappa, when he bought the house, didn't like that. So he basically filled the tunnel. No one, the tunnel no longer exists, but yes, there was for a long time, a tunnel Under Laurel Canyon. Right. What also is in existence at the Frank Zappa mansion or house, if you will, is this rock wall full of caves. (laughs) There is a rock wall full of caves at the Frank Zappa
0: house. Aren't caves just rock walls?
1: Maybe I'm not explaining this. Yes, you are not wrong. Maybe. Okay. It's it's, it's like a
0: joke. I, I mean, like, you mean like, what do you mean by rock? Like walls?
1: underground tunnels? No, 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 no. Above ground. Oh. Above oh, oh. ground. At that on the property, in the backyard, which is literally on the corner of Laurel Canyon and Lookout Mountain. Which is the, the Zappa property. You know how there's like a, a full mountain in between the house, that house and the house next door, which is the the Rick Rubin house? That is all caves.
0: Ah, That is caves. It makes sense. It's a canyon. That's the thing about LA that people don't really realize if they're not from LA and they think like Beverly Hills and you're like, it's like canyony, rocky, kind of, there's a lot of Mm -hmm. cool topography going on in the city of LA. There's
2: a lot of lore from Topanga Canyon as well. That's when you get into the like Lady of the Mountain thing.
0: I mean, there's a valley for fuck's sake. It's called the Valley because there's mountains and and canyons and shit. Mm
2: -hmm. Exactly. Ladies,
1: and it's Ladies of the Canyon. Yeah. Ladies of the Canyon. That's what I
2: was going to out. say. I said mountain, but I meant canyon. <laughs> yes. No, I, go, I got you. I was like, shout I, out I Joni know, Mitchell. Know you know what I'm talking about. Shout out Joni Mitchell. Blue, 50 years. this. 50 years old this year. 50 years.
1: 50 anniversary is blue. Well, that was Joan the Mitchell. other thing that I was going to say is like, how weird is it to think that in the 90s, in the late 90s, when we were so obsessed with the 70s, like so incredibly obsessed with the 70s, is the equivalent of us now being obsessed with. Y2K early 2000s music. Yeah,
0: 90s, yeah. Yeah, it's more it's more than 50 years. Wow, cuz it was it was released in 1970, exactly. So, holy shit. Isn't that crazy? It's wild.
1: 50 years of blue. 50 years of getting me through
0: depression. Yeah. You guys are rock stars. Have you have you guys met Joni Mitchell?
1: I've never met Joni Mitchell. However, my mother has met her. She met her at a bathroom at the <laughs> Daisy In a bathroom at the Daisy Club in 19... The the Daisy Club, which was a club, um, it was like a a members-only club. My mom moved into a house where I guess the previous owner was a member, and she got a card in the mail not addressed to her, (laughs) and my mom was like, thank you, God, and took that and assumed her identity uh, identity theft early on and was able to go to the daisy club
0: you guys have this lineage of like amazing like life hacking counterfeits that you can't get yeah you, you <laughs> yeah, guys are that fucking is, re- that is the theme of this reprobates. episode
1: yes that is th- that is maybe a theme of my life getting where you fit in make it happen right
0: Wow. You gotta so make she, it happen. When did she, what era of, of Joni was this?
1: This was 70, this was like 77 or 78. It was after my mom played the gong show. This was like the around the same time my mom played the gong show. Okay. Anyway, she goes to the Daisy Club. She goes to the Daisy Club. Joni Mitchell happens to be there. And Joni Mitchell asks my mom to help zip up her dress.
0: <gasps> Beautiful. Oh, that's cool. Remind me to have my, my dress unzipped the next time around Joni Mitchell.
1: Right. And I'll just stand really close to her. And like look over your shoulder. Yeah, and
0: just wait. Like, are you gonna get that or
1: Well actually, I mean to really so I went to I went to a friend's house last night and so we we had just done this uh, New York Times article about uh, Joni Mitchell Blue speaking about it and waxing philosophical about how important the record was to our lives. And then a friend of mine had read it and was like, you know, Joni is doing secret jam sessions right now. <gasps> just jamming with people. Just
2: jamming. She does that. Yes. I see these photos pop up. Me too. Her in her home with this array of musicians. Yes. And I'm like, she's just jamming at her house with whoever she wants. She's just calling people up. Brandy Carlisle, Hey, man, you want yes. to come over and just like strum some stuff? That's the best. SD Wow. have got to get on this. Well,
1: that's the thing. We have with if our if our sca- with our scammer mentality is combined,
0: hey. I'm sure we can
1: figure you out can a way. You can find a
0: way into that. They don't yeah. they don't use no chips for that fucking jam session. I no. think you guys will be just fine. No.
1: I would I don't actually don't know what I would do. But Ev, is would you say that Joni was one of like Cuz when I think of like the people that m- like made me want to be a songwriter. She's a hundred percent it's like her and Elliot Smith. Yes. Probably Prince. Oh yes.
2: Joni absolutely. Is in there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Joni, um, I mean Grace Slick and but you know, Janice was the big one for me. Even though she didn't write all of her songs, just her in general yes. was such a game changer. Yeah. Absolutely powerful, you know. Pearl's up there with like blue for me. <laughs> like it's just Yeah. But I'm going through someone's record collection. Like you just yeah, I mean those two are just they have to be there.
0: Did you ever meet Joni? I feel like you would have said something if you had.
2: I um I was in the same room with her once. She was getting an award and I did just get to be in the presence of her. And most recently, so years ago, uh my band Evan and Zane with my bandmates and Zane Carney, who SC I know you know another oh, yeah. Valley Kid. More,
1: Love LA more Valley them. Kids. More Valley Specifically
2: though, Valley Kids. Can I just say like Valley Kids, like Burbank, Woodland Hills, Van Nuys, like this? You know, that's where salt to the earth happening. people. Just salt to yeah. the earth. Salt to the earth. That's where like grunge was still alive and well. Like oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: And in Burbank, ska is still very much alive and well.
2: Oh yes, um, and so uh, we we had we do themed shows, and one of our themes was the color blue. So of course, we sang Joni Mitchell's "Blue," and for the anniversary, I posted on Instagram uh, and I tagged her, and I looked, and uh, she had definitely watched it, or somebody <gasps> on her team had. And so <gasps> that was like bucket list. I was like, cool. All right. Jenny Mitchell. Watch me sing blue. That's I can oh, that's I feel, I feel validated and alive. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's enough. That's yeah.
0: Honest that's almost to God better enough. than like meeting her with no context. Like she gave you art and you gave her art. It's like, that's how the wheel, the wheel, if we're, if we're quoting Joni, um the, that's the circle game guys
1: I see what you did there let see what you did there that was very clever
0: that is beautiful this is a good segue to something that we like to get into in our show of the things that we do but um you're talking about your band and you know I, I i think we may fall in this category evan where when we started this podcast i i told people it's because i'm probably more predominantly known as an actor but a, a musician and esty is kind of a comedian, actress of sorts, studied theater, and you know is known for for her her music and her band. And uh, I've always you know gravitated towards you because of your your musicianship and your love of music and your ability as as a wonderful uh, singer. And as uh, you, yes, you said something that kind of reminded me. I, I actually don't know this for a fact. Do, are, like, is songwriting a thing in your life? Are you more? More just you like the performing of music. I actually don't know where songwriting fits in. And if maybe Joni was part of that or, you know, what's, do you, do you like songwriting? Is that a thing I've totally missed? Am I going to like look up some album and realize how much of an ignorant shit I am?
2: No, no, 100%. I mean, um, yes, I do. I do write songs, you know, music was really my first love. And I think, Uh, You know, because I started in musical theater,
0: which is always what it comes back to.
2: It's always what it comes back to. And um, I uh, have been writing songs and poetry and stuff like since I can remember and like music was just always my language, even more than movies and film. I, I, I adore movies and film and I and I love acting and I connected with that as well. But, you know, music was just that's my love language. And so I I had a band. We performed at Elsie Fest.
0: Yes, did. the Basket
2: Case, which and is coming I,
0: back. It, it is coming bow, bow, back. August twenty I saw
2: that's so fun. Um, and we had a great time. And that was you know my first band was like okay I really want to do this. I just need to I need to start somewhere and like I just want to make positive music that I can dance to. That's all. That's all I want to do. And just just start dipping my toe in the water and then you know working with Zane have just sort of gone deeper into it. And now I'm working with writers and friends and, and just making music for fun all the time and songwriting. And when the pandemic hit, that was going to be my year of, okay, cool. Now's when I'm going to like release an EP or like actually put out just music that's mine. Cause I've, obviously sung in movie musicals and i i sing with other people all the time or other people's music and so i was like this is it and then you know corona hit and Ugh. like all the plans got washed away at sea so now i'm coming back into it that's the line. i mean it oh, was the season so of the exciting. songwriter though it was
0: i think for musicians the pandemic you know despite everything obviously we would we would have preferred that it didn't happen to anybody in the world but for people that had to be at home i think one of the things that i think we're very lucky to all three of us but particularly those of us that are making a living mainly as actors is that if i can't go professionally like go shoot something or be in a play or something i can always come home play the guitar play the piano do something like you may never hear it but i can do that and have output it's not the same as being at home and like okay i'm just gonna do i'm gonna do a shakespeare monologue by myself in my room you can do that all day (laughs) right and it's it's not the same. It's a, it's, it's a collaborative same. thing. So it's nice. Music. I always say music is a is a acting is a is a proactive craft, but it's a passive career. Whereas music is a proactive career where you have to. It's not something can kind of just happen to. you. It has in the past, but you still have to sit down, do the thing. And so during the pandemic, it's been. Re, re, I mean, me too. I've like you know spent time doing music because it literally took a global shutdown for me to have time to like. music stuff but this isn't about me evan it's about you i was going to say have you spent any time writing more music or poetry or anything because i know you're also a screenwriter i mean you're you, you have such a creative brain that i'm sure this time was pretty you know uh useful despite itself
2: it was for
0: a lot of creative output
2: yeah i i've been you know uh i've made a couple short films i made one during the pandemic safely and with all the COVID regulations, just going to slide that in there. Oh yeah. Yeah. But that, and it's, and I'm, I'm not going to say what it is yet because it's about to come out. I don't want to ruin it, but it's very music driven and there's a lot and it's mainly dance and I'm super excited about it. So again, music, dance, it's, it really it's all, come back to that. It, yeah. it comes back. Yeah. And, and um, so yeah, directing screenwriting. Um, Are you in it? I'm not, I, I was, I was excited because it was the first thing that I directed that I, I was not in and I had a little too much fun no. <laughs> not yeah. being ah. in it. I love that though. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, and so now I am um, working with, yeah, a couple people and we're, we're writing music. And for the first time, it's coming with, with an ease and a sort of, you know, I'm not It's hard when you're already established in one career and you want to start another because people expect you to be as good in that as you are here. And I sort of had to go, no, you know, I'm going to have to start back at the beginning over here. So like, give me a second while I catch up. And so that nervousness of having to prove myself or it being perfect is now kind of going away and now... It's just happening, which is essential when you're making music. Like you have to Absolutely. just let it happen and stop thinking. So finally getting there, it feels really good, I'm excited to.
0: And are you doing any of the? Because um, you were a dancer, right?
2: I wasn't a good dancer, but okay, I. Okay, never did, mind. Yeah, I wasn't I sure took, if
0: with choreography stuff. Maybe you had some.
2: Yeah, I, I I danced in plays and I did take dance class, but I I to be quite frank, um, was too much of a tomboy and also uh, got serious about it right at puberty, right when I was realizing that I was bisexual and it was not a good environment for me to be in. Um, when you're like having a panic attack about same sex attraction. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, man.
0: Well, that's too bad. And
2: I felt so insecure and self conscious. And I, and I, it, being around the girls, I was just like, I can't. And so I went into Taekwondo instead. And that, nice. that, <laughs> felt, that felt better.
0: <laughs> Sexual awakenings aside, though, it sounds like you also just weren't a good dancer. It sounds like that's the, co- the, the, the cover for it. Or
2: the root is i was not is. a good dancer yes
0: <laughs> i'm sure you were great but i'm sure that also probably would have, wouldn't have helped being in those classes i was long and gangly and, like, and
2: awkward but i loved it i love dancing i really do and i love the the medium and the art form and i really love you know le- i'm learning expression you know, uh, through your body. dancers yeah yeah
0: dancers are the best man yeah dancer people are the best i was just They're talking just to my friend who is uh She's Shania Twain's PT for physical therapy and she travels around with Shania on tour and she has all these great stories and I was talking we were talking about on tour and well actually you got to do this, Esty. You went on a you went on a leg of Taylor's tour. When yes. you when you've gone on an arena tour, Evan, and I got to do this with glee they just operate in such a massive level. It's like a fucking shitload of buses and all these trucks and the planes, yes. and it can be. V- I'm familiar. You're, you're taking. Yeah, you get it. You 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 totally familiar. I, I'm not. I've, why am I talking down? That's stupid. Forgive me. I guess I'm, no, 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 this but is explain. more.
2: You're talking to the audience. Yeah, I,
0: that's what I'm saying. I'm using you as a device to explain that's to the fine. audience. But yeah, no, no, it's no. no. A I'm big, not it's a, a big brain. operation, and what's fun about uh tours that's that have dancers specifically is we were just talking about how like the dancer bus is like that's always the hang that that's i end the up the bus on. that you want to be it's on the bus <laughs> i want to be on because the dancers are just like infamously notoriously just lovely people just bohemian you know like huggers and drinkers and just just they're all they they all could have been you know hanging out in in fucking paris at the beginning of the 20th century they're all pixie magic Mm -hmm. people and uh this is consistent throughout a lot of the tour a lot of my dancer friends who have gone on tours kind of fit this bill and uh yeah man dancers and also because i too i think people I, i relate with this evan people think that i can dance because i was on a show where people danced and then they go oh no you're being hard on yourself of course you can dance i'm like no i can Move somewhat in time and then the camera will move around. You go, Oh, what a dancer! I'm I, <laughs> I am not a great dancer, those motherfuckers are amazing dancers. And oh, yeah. I have they, I, I, I think, dan- I think people probably look the way that we can do music and like that's like magic to people. People who can't play mu- like music, it seems so mysterious for us. It makes sense. You can do it. That's how I look at dancers. I go, I don't know how you're doing that. Oh, yeah. This is magic.
1: Oh, yeah. I also just want to be. I want to be that flexible if I'm really being honest uh, I am yeah.
0: not in, touch
1: in oh
2: with your body. I, it's, it's I connected
0: can, so many other things you know like exactly a of, there's so many fucking layers to that I, at least that's how I feel from from the from the bleachers you know
1: absolutely another theme I think that we have in this podcast is that the, everything is connected right and especially in the arts so like being in touch with your body is also such a big part of being an actor right because mm-hmm. your body yeah. is your instrument. Sure is. So like I it it's understandable that people that are super duper creative and good at what they do within the arts would also be able to do things like, you know, I can I can do one of these. I mean, I know the audience can't see can't what, the see fuck what I'm you're doing. doing yeah. <laughs> but I'm moving.
0: Yeah, it's really a shame. I know how
1: to I know how to move my body. And like and I That
0: was cool. Thank you.
1: But I think I, I think that it makes it makes a lot of sense that, you know, you would be passionate about multiple things especially being an actress because you have to be able to do to, multiple things to do multiple things you have to be able to to move your body but also use your voice in in a multitude of ways so it would make a lot of sense that you're an incredible singer and and also to be creative when it comes to storytelling because you are a storyteller as an well, actress, all of it
0: tells a story, your voice, exactly. your body, your body and like you might yes. have a stronger one because, you know, even though you can't, I'm not, we're, we're joking saying that you can't dance, but of course you, of course you fucking can, but like, you know, not the level that we were I, talking about those people no, that can I'm really, not, I'm
2: not trained. I'm not like, like, like a dancer a high, with a capital yes. D.
0: Yeah. Like yes. a pro no, dancer. No, no, no,
2: no. No, but I I do love to dance, and and if if called upon to do it, I can I can do it. I I've also played dancers and things. Yeah, Evan, you're a great dancer.
1: I'm like I wanted to interrupt like twenty fucking times. Oh my god, (laughs) like you're a great dancer. Like you are a great dancer. I've been around you multiple times. Actually, yeah, you you can actually attest to
2: this. Yes, (laughs) you're a great dancer.
0: I think everybody here is a great dancer. Yes, it's just that we can't like pro dance.
2: No, 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 no. You know, I can't, like, like those pirouette and, and no, and yeah, like the real skincare. fucking
0: crazy dancers. Yeah, because again, no, no, L.A. No. kids, you guys know, like the fucking dancer dancers, like holy shit, like, yeah. TikTok kids, like fucking. Put I... it
1: this way: if there was a call out for the Showgirls remake, we would not be getting <laughs> callbacks for Noni Malone.
2: Let's put it that way.
0: I'm waiting for someone's to remix. Something's going to happen with it's that. It's sace. too beloved. It's too beloved and weird.
2: I'm surprised yeah. they haven't done like a like a r-rated musical version of it you know I've what i seen, mean
0: i've seen kind of like fun uh on on um what you um
2: there was one in new york there was showgirls the musical i feel yeah, there was show, it did yeah. it, it did exist at one point
0: unauthorized there's like unauthorized kind of campy versions i've seen drag shows that incorporate showgirls like all that fun real you know perfect for that sort of world shit yeah it's it'll happen speaking of uh Really, really, really good movies. <laughs> <laughs> go on. I, I always, I'm always thinking of the listeners that don't know like the references we're talking about. That's what I'm constantly thinking about that. I just got to let that go. Just look up Showgirls. It's a beloved, oh it's guys, a beloved shitty movie. I actually just rewatched it. Little it's name drop here. I was, a, I was for John Stamos's birthday.
1: I, think, I forget <laughs> oh, who we yeah, right, here, here we, we go. go. I drop, forget who it was. I I,
0: I I preempted it. I told you I was going to drop it, but I forget whose idea it was. It's like he's never seen it. We should watch it's it. Oh my God, it's so funny. Idea. Yeah,
1: totally. And when we're stainless.
0: watching it. I have become so enamored. I, I'm so used to the like the sill. It's like the 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 movie, the fucking uh, the room. It's like I I know the famous lines and the famous scenes that I that it actually has been a quite a long time that I've ever watched the movie from beginning to end. And we couldn't finish it. It gets so because it gets really fucking grueling. Some it does really It does triggering, really horrible shit in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. And we, were like, we were all having a good time, mm-hmm. and then we we're like, "Oh no, this." Ah, ah. What you
2: need to do is watch it with the commentary because that oh, elevates okay, it to a whole other missed. level. Because it's done by a man, I believe his name is David Schmader.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a what fake a name.
2: I, it, it sounds like a fake name. David I know, Schmavid, but yeah. I'm 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 <laughs> David Schmader. I'm, I'm almost positive that's his name. And if it's not, I'm so sorry if he's listening, but he <laughs> used to, you host screenings of Showgirls where he would make fun of it and celebrate it at once and do his own commentary where he, where he would celebrate it as the, the worst, best, the best worst movie ever made. And, um, it is
0: the greatest things I've
2: ever heard in my life. And it gets you through the whole movie and brings it to a a different level. And it gives you the option to fast forward through the grueling parts and the parts that they did not earn in any way. Um, you know, and, but, but even if you let it play, even the commentary on that is like, genius um, because he's like this is inappropriate, they didn't earn this like you know. he's just like "Yeah, yeah." he, he kind of calls it out, shreds. that's good because I made out, that completely. mistake
0: we were all giggle, giggle, giggle and then shit no, got it's real a we're very, like, nah.
2: yeah, we're talking about a very graphic assault scene in this movie so if anybody, just trigger yeah, warning trigger you're going to want to fast forward through that scene also, <laughs> if
0: you haven't already seen Showgirls don't go see Showgirls you can't inject nostalgia and context like this movie came out when we were young enough to have thought oh what a weird thing to happen and we're at an age where now it's sort of like aged like this weird fine stinky wine we're (laughs) like don't go out and see don't like you don't need to do that you can read about it and watch the clips on youtube and that's all you got to do. Don't don't watch Showgirls, but be aware of its cultural significance. Unless it's with the commentary,
2: say. in which case, definitely watch that. Yeah, yeah if definitely you really watch it. Who want to
0: go for it? But I that wouldn't be my first stop. I'd watch like you know, like a really beloved good movie. Um. So speaking of great movies, but also guys, beloved, a movie night. Yeah, I maybe mean, we should. Yeah, we need we we. There's too many movie nights that we have to do, Estee We have, and I haven't even done this in person. That's true. Speaking of good movies, as I was saying before. Across the Universe it was the first time where I went, oh, cool, this, this chick, I love her. She's great. 13 was great. She's cool. This is awesome. She can sing her ass off. This is even fucking cooler. I knew I liked her. Same. I was wondering if after that movie, is that when, like, did anybody come out of the woodwork being like, okay, like, okay, we're going to do music now. We're going to, yep. like, we we'll give a record deal. We're going to make you a singer. Like, what was that like? Because it is weird when you're suddenly put in that light where they go, yes. oh, you know, this is this is you now.
2: That had weirdly already been happening since I was like twelve. Wow, right, you
0: started what? Like seven? Six? Five. Wow. That was close.
2: <laughs> yeah, five. Um but uh, And this was in I LA had... when you were like
1: twelve in LA, like twelve a...
2: twelve in LA, yes. And I started to I sang on a couple of like I sang on like a kid's Christmas album or something and then somebody wanted to sign me and then I sang on my show and then someone wanted to sign me. I went and I I sang uh, I went to Maverick and and sang for Guy O-Siri, O'Siri when I was 13. I know O'Siri, we love O'Siri. We love O'Siri. Um, sang for him when I was 13. He never forgot me. We're still like tight. Um, but he was like, I wanted you I wanted to sign you right then. And I I kind of like chickened out and I was like, not ready. And not, uh, you know, I was like thirteen. I didn't. It would have right. been. It would have been wrong. It would have been wrong. So I was. My so schedule
0: just too busy right now. I have no, to make a I lot just, of Coachella was Too passes. young.
2: I was too. I was. <laughs> yeah. I've, look, I've got a lot of Xeroxing to do. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, yeah. It was a lot just, of block take stoppers to make. Yeah. Too much too soon. Um, and possibly some self sabotage. I don't know. But uh, but yes, after across the universe, some people did approach me, but. It was just—it was just never the right fit, and the, the discussions about what I was going to be and what people saw for me was just wasn't right. And I hadn't, you know, settled into myself yet to even really know who I wanted to be musically or like right. you know, what pocket I was going to be in. Now I, I have more of a grasp on it, but it—it it just would have—it would have been right.
0: I think that's always a shame for a lot of musicians. Um, this is something that has now that I'm in my fucking thirties, I think a lot about how there is. You know, it takes a long time for people to come into their own. You know, you totally 20 something years of practice of doing whatever. And you really can kind of get into a stride later in your life to figure out like what the thing is. And we'll still be figuring that out our whole lives. And because that's that figuring out is such a volatile sort of almost tortured uh, narrative for most young people. That's the shit that like, it's the stuff we love. It's, it's, it's fucking jagged little pill. It's fucking, it's, it's blue. It's all these, all the greatest troubadours and songstresses and, and writers, or it's, yeah, it all comes yes. from that period yeah. in their <laughs> life. It's yes. great, you know, cause we, it's, it speaks to your fucking like soul, but it is a weird thing that, you know, I, I do think of all the people I think who have something really more figured out about themselves later in life that, I'm not going to say get neglected. I'm not speaking. about This isn't some like reflection of my own thing. I've I've been very yeah, lucky. Yeah, they don't always. But
2: some people. People who later too. in life
0: who have shit to give. I'm like, oh, like that's cool because you needed you didn't have that figured out when you were younger and and that's okay. You know, it's cool to. I, I mean, did you, you, you talk watch the Mar- Tina
2: Turner documentary? I, I totally didn't even realize that she got her yes. first number one when she was fifty fucking years old. Exactly. Yeah, that her isn't biggest that record. She was in her
0: her like early forties. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, she, and it. she had to go through all that. And and it was, I forget his name, iconic a guy that was like, no, I see you. Here's the deal. Let's do this. I mean, granted, she had already a pretty, you know, well-known, interesting career. But of course. it took her this through this whole journey to find this version of herself. And that's the shit that people think of when you think of Tina Turner is this yes. fucking chick who made it out the other side. And those are the people that I'm really interested in. And so if you've know, if you been through some shit and God knows, Evan, you have, it's like that's the person that I wish more dudes like that did in Tina's life would go to and be like, here's the deal. I see you, I get it. Let's record that chick. You know, what right. does she have to say?
1: Well, but I, I mean, I think, and Evan, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you maybe knew the kind of music that you wanted to make, but didn't necessarily have the support from people around you to make the music that you wanted to make
2: that would be accurate yeah you know I think people saw me as a Christina Aguilera and I they were like what you know what What are you into and I was like oh man like fucking Karen O, like Shirley Manson like yes. I was like give me this and everyone was like um
0: yeah, there's a know. cognitive dissonance. Like for you're them. like exactly. blonde and
2: pretty and, and we, don't, we don't see that for you. And I was like, no, 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 no. Listen.
0: No, you guys, okay.
1: Evan Evan, Evan is the girl that goes to karaoke and sings Idiotech. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that is, like, that is, that is a few karaoke with
0: Evan. I'm happy to, to yes, brag. that I've is
1: Evan. It. That is, like, that to me, like, is so emblematic. That's, I
2: can't believe you remember that. Of course I remember it. Oh that my God, so I remember being hip. like,
1: this is, I was like, this is the coolest girl I've ever met.
2: Oh my god! I and feel. I felt the same about you, by the way.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Evan. I I definitely did sing. I think I sang. I think I sang like nine to five. I think I was like, you I'm did. gonna sing. I'm gonna sing. Dolly Parton. You did sing nine to five again.
0: Idiotech nine to five. These are all part of the same fucking. playlist. <laughs> it, <cult is>.
1: <laughs> it is. But it's. But People it was also I'm okay so. With I'm, it out was, with. But it's so to me. It's like the the like the level like the I guess like. The amount of like, not like musical knowledge and also like taste and like, like the, and, and this is no disrespect to Christina Aguilera, by the way, but I oh, know, no, you no, 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 thank you. No, I was, was, was going
2: to say that because she's fucking brilliant. It just wasn't, it, it was not me. It
1: wasn't
0: you. It's exactly, it's, yeah, it's, it's,
2: it's, exactly. Yeah, like person. I, I, again, like
1: I am a full blown Christina Aguilera fan, but I can't do what she does. No. I don't have pipes like that. And I even, and if I tried, who I can. would get kicked out of said karaoke bar. Yeah. And who can't? I mean, she's one in a billion. Yeah. But I can understand being so young and probably, at least in, I think you probably, and I could be projecting here, but it feels like to me, you probably knew the kind of music that you wanted to make. You just didn't have the people around you that gave you like the, they the carte blanche card yeah. and we're like evan do you do you
2: garage band was like just starting to become a thing when i was you know 16 17 otherwise i would have been on that shit all day every day making stuff in my room instead of playing super mario brothers you know but like i just kind of totally the boat yes and by the time i was 16 17 i was working regularly as an actor and music just right. got completely pushed
0: this side. is not the first time GarageBand has had a shout-out. By the way, guys, this episode is brought to you by Apple's GarageBand, seminal <laughs> home uh, home recording uh, software made for teenagers What's up? in the What's up, early two thousands.
1: Tim Cook, if you're listening, this is not oh, the I'm first time it's fans. come up.
0: Evan, uh, we I had the same experience. I was talking to Esty's uh, sisters last week, and we all talked about how there was this sort of the advent. Of of having access to the software really changed the fucking game it because suddenly game. it was because for a long time I think for all of us as kids even if you were like okay I, like if I was going to be uh, in a band or a rock star, I mean if you were going to do that there was this sort of variable that you didn't have control over which was like I guess I got to go to like the studio whatever yeah. the fuck that means. <laughs> and yeah. uh yeah. like you just like the guy with the cigar gives you the thing you sit down and i guess you just you like walk through this machine and you come out the other side with a record that you like and again like i was saying earlier it's a proactive career you have to like come in With the thing, with the vision, with knowing how you do it. And that's something that always, I I like telling people about artists is that like 90% of the shit that makes an artist, you'll never fucking see, which is those phone calls that work in the studio. Here's how I see it. Here's how I want to do it. Here's what I'm thinking. And those are the the greatest artists of all time. It's like Adele doesn't just show up and sing. That motherfucker has vision and knows exactly what she wants to do. Yeah. And and she curates around it. And when you're a young 13 year old girl and you don't, don't, and you want to be Karen O., you go, I, you don't know, you don't have the vocabulary to like, to articulate this, and, but if had you, and you've been like, okay, here's the deal, here are the guys that we're hiring, I want this producer because I want more of a, uh, uh, this, this, sound, like yeah, like, use, mm-hmm. this yes. sound, you got to learn that shit, as, as I, I have over the years, and even Esty has learned that shit over the years, so I, I feel you, had man. no that's, idea. It, it is a strange thing that people think that. You just go in the studio and it just happens. It's like, no, you gotta fucking come to the plate with some a really serious shit. Is Yeah, You guys, together.
1: I think as millennials, we were also we were also sold a lie because the <laughs> Um we, yes. we were sold a lie.
0: Whatever you by, talking way,
1: about? by way of behind the music. Okay.
0: Oh <laughs> go on. Oh. I wanna hear where this thesis is going. Because
1: on as millennials watching behind the music, you see like the making of damn the torpedoes. And you see Jimmy Iovine, like, sitting behind a console, and you see Tom Petty and, and Ben Montench all in the studio looking at each other, and they're just playing. And then they came out with Damn the Torpedo. So I was like, oh, I just need to get in a room with everyone, with the players, play the music, and then I have a record. Right. But that's not it it's not like it's to your point Darren it's like
0: simple I will say that it's much more well yes now now I
1: know that like when you have a producer like Jimmy Iovine behind the console you yeah of course you're going to come out with magic and their engineers are amazing the songs that we're not even going to talk about how amazing those are and then the players themselves are incredible but it when you're that young you think that you're just going to go into a studio you press record. And then you're going to come up with something that you like because you're playing the th- you're playing the part, right?
2: Yeah, but yeah. that's it's, not it's it. so in the movie. Who did you say you were? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. Do you mind the if I take
2: this record down to my friend at the station? Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not.
1: It's not that. But to what you were saying, Evan, the
2: invention or the, the the autonomy to make to, to be able to just yes. do it yourself or at least start to stumble exactly. through and figure shit yes. out. And
0: figure shit out, exactly. Mm, and Getting, demo it. A canvas things. Yeah. A canvas. Yeah.
2: Exactly. That was easy it to was understand. That was huge. quick. And you know, like it yeah, it was it completely it changed changed a lot.
1: You guys, I so not to name drop again.
0: I did stay Go for it.
1: So I went to because I am a and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the podcast, but I am a... rock star. Thank you, Darren. I am... No, I am a complete uh, Apple stan, if you will. Mm. I l- love... Like most... I think like a lot of people, You're but the I only I, one.
0: You're the only artist that uses Apple products my, I've ever met. But
1: to the point where I, like, I will go when new Apple stores open up, I will just go.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, girl. Just to be... Just to
1: be there. Just just to touch the Just hem. to smell it. There's smell. Just a very to smell the smell. new... Yes. I love Apple products. And there was an opening. uh, The Tower Theater in downtown was turned into an Apple store. I don't know if you heard about this. But Tim Cook was there. And I talked to Tim Cook about uh, GarageBand. And he asked me, if I thought about any improvements, not only to GarageBand but Voice Notes, because he said that every musician he's ever met voice uses Voice Notes.
0: Yeah. the Voice Notes. Charlie Puth has an album called Voice Notes. It's like he famously, you know, was talk would talk about this on his. I think it's called Voice Notes. I might I have to look that up. But the point is, yeah, every song, like I can't tell you how Comes many unlabelled... from a voice note. Yeah. Well, no, no, just because you know, you and I, everybody here, I'm sure, when you have voice voice idea, you kind of like record it on your voice notes and then. I like label it and I come back to it later. I mean, like every song, I have like hundreds and hundreds of like song ideas that are just voice notes. So yes, it's a huge songwriter tool.
1: Well, not only that, but on our first record, we had a song called My Song 5, which was a garage band. My
0: Song 5, of course. My Song 1, My five, Song yeah, yeah, 2. Yeah.
1: It was My Song 5. And we just never, never changed the, Amazing. the name.
2: Do you ever fall into the, um, you record something on GarageBand and it almost sounds better than the studio version and you want to just oh. like release the GarageBand version you're like, no, but this doesn't have that raw shit and we captured something oh, yeah. this first day and we oh, can't yeah. recreate it because it happens to yep. me all
0: the time. It's called, oh, you it's mean called Demoitis. Demoitis, we Demo- yeah, yeah, holy Demo- 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 shit.
2: It's a disease. It's, it's, a, a, it's it is an actual fully, medical term. It
1: really is. and I'm no one has a word figured. for
2: it.
0: Yeah.
1: There's no, uh there's no charity to donate money to get rid of demoitis <laughs> to, to, to recover from Demo- demo-itis, demoitis. Unfortunately, I would
2: really be into an album though that was like the the Garage Band album. You know that that you
0: you knew what you were walking into. I feel like that's happening more and more because, again, of the speaking of the autonomy of the musician, kind of getting to put you know just take the reins and do it themselves that sort of cliche we were talking about it like who are you again like what like i'll give you a record deal kid now it is a very i mean it's hyper proactive most of the kids that are getting signed these days are doing stuff and this isn't new it's been happening for like the past 10 years because of digital audio software hundreds and hundreds of really now successful artists whether in the dj space the edm space, but indie music whatever are producing and writing at home alone and i think the cool thing about even TikTok and instagram musicians is that these tracks are definitely the most demo-itis ever they don't even fucking care they don't think about it. they're not it's not mixed it's not mastered the levels like no they don't give a fuck they just put it up and they go this sounds cool and that is a really special lightning in a bottle you cannot manufacture anywhere else and if there was a venue you said if you had had garage band earlier if I had had TikTok or Instagram or someplace where I can just go, Whoop, there it goes for everybody. You're goddamn right. I would have uploaded all of my conventionally shitty sounding things. And like, who knows what would have happened? So I, there is, so in a way, th- I do think there is a, there's a market for that. Cause kids, I mean, splice, like people are just uploading their fucking cool free shit. Oh, so Cause nice, they just think it's, it's cool. And so there's like, there is a cool democratization of the way people are consuming media with, with like earlier, our, our producer Terrence was just saying, oh, the pandemic, people don't care if if your, if your fan is on in your room. People are getting used to it. And I think, I know musicians that are like, I know shit's getting dumber. And I go, no, it's just changing, man. It's just changing the way that we're thinking about stuff. And while, yes, I love my pristine record made, making, I love these records that we were talking about from the 60s, 70s, that were cut to tape and all this shit. But it's like, you know, the world moves on. It's like, so there, I think there is a place for that and I will get off my soapbox now and I'll just sit down for a little bit.
2: Didn't uh, Fiona Apples fetch the bolt cutter? Wasn't a lot of that done on GarageBand? I feel like she did a lot of that by herself on GarageBand and because she wasn't quite sure how to, I could be completely wrong, but this is just what I heard, that she wasn't exactly sure how to use the software, that she would do most things in one take and if she fucked up, she just said fine and left it in and so you can actually hear her you know, uh, doubling herself, and then you can hear her mess up on one of the tracks, but it keeps going. And, like, but I yeah. loved it.
0: Like, right, I loved, because her, it's I loved human. her dog
2: barking in the background. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was really cool. It was such a great, I mean, and I don't think it would have been the same album I had it not had that.
0: I mean, like you said, that's something I got to learn from is like just letting it out, because there is value to capturing. That thing, I mean, in, in a sense, and sorry, I keep talking about this, I'm so passionate about it, but like, you know, the good <laughs> producers, I think the ones throughout time that, you know, maybe we talked about Ruben and all these other guys, like, you know, they, they can just kind of, you know, if the artist is the wild butterfly, it's like, you don't want to put the butterfly in a fucking cage, you just want to be able to like, let it. Flap in an area where it can just be fucking beautiful. And that's why a lot of these old records that have these imperfections and stuff like non quantized drums and stuff. And, hey, listen, I'm I wish I was Dave Grohl. I'm not. I have to quantize my drums because I'm not as fucking yeah. metronome. But like <laughs> th- there are things that give flavor and personality that I yeah I think that's that's totally cool that she she did I just looked it up yeah she totally did make it on Garage Band I wouldn't have the balls to do that I mean but then again she has way bigger balls than I do in general she's the and bad, it's 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 it's,
2: it's what she does she's in her house making music
0: yeah
1: I was gonna ask Ev if the record that she's making now has the same influences or she thinks it's going to be if it's like the music that she wanted to make if there's any inklings of that. In the music that she's going to be making now,
2: it's a very good question because it is uh, some of it. Yes, has all the elements where I go. That's it. That's me. That's that's the sound that I've been I've been waiting for and I've been looking for. And luckily, I know how to get that now, and I know which musicians to work with. I know what kind of guitar to ask for, and like you, know, like Darren was saying, I just have more of a language for it now. But it is different. It is it's much more mature sounding than I expected, but it has all the pieces, but it's like they've all blended together to create this sort of new thing that feels like mine. And, and it does, it, you know, it's, it's, it's got hints of the influences, but it's not like, oh, I'm making a record that sounds just like this, you know, right. which is, that's the goal, right? It's like you want it all to kind of be this beautiful marriage of the things that inspired you to come out as, as, as you in this new color. So totally. Yeah, it feels like that. I mean, it's exciting. It's the first time I've really been like, stoked about music that i was making that makes me so (laughs) so
0: happy that's all that matters yeah that's the best answer you can have like who fucking cares i didn't
2: like the music that i've made before it was just like it was a it was a vehicle that you know it was it was it's all a stepping stone man yeah yeah
0: it's a piece of that tapestry it's a thread of the tapestry that you fucking end up with and you know 10 years or listen to the thing you're doing now going like wow i was you know that was then but this is now you know it's like yes. that's all part of it that's so great all you can ask for all you can hope for as an artist is just to be fucking proud of the work you're doing because it's not always going to match the enthusiasm of people that that like it but if they don't like it it's a zero-sum it doesn't fucking matter because you feel good about it it's like better better that than you hate a thing that everybody else loves like that's the most totally. strange, yeah. tortured, weird like negotiation between like you know having to like a thing you don't like as someone else does like as long as you like it you're proud like fuck man like that's all like you can fucking aim yeah. for yeah
1: it's like when you have a like and i'm sure evan i'm sure you could uh, you can vibe with this when you have your child when you have put something into the world and you love it more than anything if someone comes up to you and is like maybe not my favorite <laughs> first of all you might want to kill that person for saying something about your child. Why would you tell me that? (laughs) Right. But, you know, but listen, that's, that's what it feels like sometimes when you put art out into the world. It is like your baby... It is like your child, this thing that you created.
2: Yeah. And then and with music, even more than acting, I feel like, because acting, you can just be like, well, you know, the director
0: sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the you can blame somebody out, else. What
2: do you know, uh, mean, I don't know. Like, you're not on the I chopping mean, block. To a point. To a point, obviously. To a point. But yeah, yeah. Like, take with the grain but salt.
0: music feels so much more exposing. No, it's incredibly personal. Personal.
1: But I, I think that when you make the thing that you love, like you make this thing and you're so proud of it. And it's such a part of you i.e like a child and when someone says something mean about it it'll sting for a second but you're also like well they just don't have they just don't know what's up yeah or it's just not for them yeah and it's not for them and like and it's and it's the thing that i that i always go back to is like if we're, if i'm making something and i love it and i'm proud of it and i can stand behind it i don't give, really give a shit if someone doesn't like it because i can defend it till you know till i'm blue in the face because it's the thing that
0: I love and I think is cool. And
2: that means it's genuine. And so how can exactly. it be wrong? You yeah, know?
0: Exactly. It's right. This is not a writer. Like, all you can do is be yourself. In the fucking immortal words of Oscar Wilde, be yourself. Everybody else is taken.
1: That is true.
0: It's just all you, that's all you could do. So but then that you put takes out guts it's too,
1: man. It's easier said than done. It also takes guts.
0: But that's also, you have to know who, know thyself, back to Shakespeare, Hamlet. You have to know who the fuck you is and what your thing is and what you want to put out there because there's always exactly. this negotiation between who you think you are versus what other people think you are. And both are kind of trying to convince the other person that you're somewhere in the middle. And it's a very strange thing as we get older and know ourselves better and try to be different versions of ourselves that like it, it gets, especially, especially you guys know very well Especially if you have a public persona to worry about, and have you know, there's Esty the rock star on stage, then there's Esty, our homie, that have you know, just knocking a few back with us at home. There's the there's the actress, the 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 beautiful sort of oh there she is on the red carpet, Evan, and then there's you know Evan who has her own sort of shit that she's dealing with. It's like they're not the same person. They're they're like are there are fucking like avatars, and so like yeah. Oh, yeah. trying to find. the the version of that person in between and then putting it into a three and a half minute song. It's like, that's a fucking hard thing, which brings me to a question. I know we should wrap up soon, Evan, but you know, being an actor in a way, uh, I envy and admire the Haim girls and a lot and Joni and Atlantis and a lot of the other, you know, uh, Fiona, all these wonderful songwriters that really put the, the, their hearts and souls on the chopping block in a way that I never felt like I could. I've always treated songwriting like a like being a playwright, like being Oscar, like being an actor and playing the part of different emotions and thoughts and experiences, which doesn't make those songs disingenuine, but they're just, they're a little more. Um, it doesn't
2: have to be autobiographical.
0: At the exactly. Beginning. It's not autobiographical. But those who do, I'm always so enamored with because I don't have, I'm just not wired that way. And I think it's a strange double standard because I have zero problem being as vulnerable as those those stories are in other characters because I'm somehow exonerated from my own personal shit by taking on those things. And some people fall on different sides of the line where they're like, oh, I don't mind talking about my shit. It's playing other stuff, like pretending that really freaks me out. And I don't know if you feel, if you feel like there's any kind of connection between there, or Esty, if you do even. Like when you're inhabiting a character is like where do you fall, find yourself more naturally leaning towards? I will open this to both of you. Like playing the music, here's me, or like here's the script, director, what do you want? They're different. They're both parts. It's so different. Well, and they're
2: both pieces of you. Just diff- it's just a different expression. Yeah. Like I I still very much feel like I'm putting myself and parts of myself into characters, but I'm also letting the persona of that character sort of take over me, and I'm just switching the. Uh, control system in my brain, you know, to to fit that person. But uh I I totally got off track of what I was gonna say. So see if
0: you keep going. Don't lose it. Don't no, lose no, it. No, no. Don't lose think, it. Think about it. Think I think about we're this
1: I think we're saying I think we're gonna say the same thing, which is I think that when you are a songwriter and you're performing these songs, whether or not they're autobiographical, you have written them. It is something yes. that you have put you. pen to paper and you yourself have conjured and written, and the inspirado tornado that I like to—I like to think of inspiration as like this tornado that kind of goes through you and then leaves you. Totally, you have you have experienced that tornado, and be, and through that tornado, you have made this song, and now you are taking this song and performing it in front of an audience, in front of ten, hundred, thousands of people and really if talk SD about Hines. being it's it's you being it's you being vulnerable and and expressing feelings and words and like and you i when i'm performing my songs i go back to the place that i was when i wrote it
0: yeah you're you're expressing pieces of the tornado
1: yes the to- yes that are and where still was what was i yeah. going through when the tornado came through me who was i hanging out with who was i hanging out with more than i was maybe before what was i feeling and and all of those things kind of come through me when I'm performing as a singer with acting. I think, I think it's what you're saying, Evan, which is like, you're bringing your own experience to it, but you're also serving the playwright or the, the, the the writer. You also have to do the words that maybe you, and more often than not are not words that you yourself have written. Mm -hmm. It's, it's different. You're, you're, while you're still trying to, you know, be authentic to yourself and like your ability, you still, you want to bring, you know, the little the jeunesse quoi to what you as an actor bring to the table. You know, there are there are things that you do better than a lot of people, but it's not necessarily like, you know, I, to me at least, when acting, I'm thinking more about what's best for the the scene and and what you know, and not necessarily just like I am giving everything in my being you're seeing my soul. I'm bearing my soul to a bunch of people, even when, even in front of a live audience doing theater, because it's not necessarily my story.
2: Yeah. It's someone else's And you story. may have moments where you're like, oh my God, that was, that was really me. And that was really my soul. Yes. But yeah, for the, yeah, for the most part, it's a beautiful marriage so kind of between the two.
1: Yes. I mean, and that's probably also why I love, Act, I'm, I love acting for different reasons I love acting because I get to play someone Different yeah. and not have to rely on Fuck, people are Seeing every nook and cranny of Every fucking facet of my Life right now, I get to just You know, kind of disassociate And be someone else <laughs> But, you know, but at the same Time, there's there's reasons that I love You know, singing for And, and performing in front of an audience And performing my own music
0: one final question to leave us on but just to wrap this last thing up we were talking about with um this sort of disassociativeness do you find that when you're like playing music that you can kind of take it on as an actress or is it just you on the line and is that something that you need or, or even think about
2: sometimes when i get nervous because it's so funny i still get such stage fright and sometimes when really? i when well when i when, yeah when i do music and it's not because I like think I suck, it's literally because my adrenaline is yes. so intense because I care so much yes. about the music and do and and doing it justice and and that or I'm just over I'm just overwhelmed by the whole experience because it's such an out of body experience for me and like it's just the time like when I'm acting I feel like I have to be very in my body And then when I'm singing, I feel like I have to leave it and kind of go into the ether. Otherwise I'm going to be too aware of what I'm doing. So it's like, two different kind of flow states one is like i have to be so incredibly present in myself and the other one is is like no go into your third eye leave your body and like, <laughs> just let it happen do
0: you mean that singing like live or just singing in general
2: singing in general it just is like it transports. Like even in a
0: studio in a booth you're recording frozen 2 and you're there going like i need to be out of my body
2: i'm astral projecting yeah you know? <laughs> wow
0: cool. hey it worked yeah. you sound great on that record
2: thanks you mean that one? You mean that one up there? <laughs> that little
0: gold record? That little platinum record nice. of behind you? That Humble little plaque?
2: Drag.
1: Yeah. Humble brag.
0: Nice. I know. She got that She got that plaque. Nice. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Evan Wood was the uh, voice of Elsa's, well, Elsa and Anna's mom. Right? Yes,
2: Queen, Queen Aduna. And to the one of the themes of the show is they, they said that one of the reasons why they cast me in that is because when I came in to sing they all were moved by my singing and they said that, you know, we've seen so many people come in here and sing and can sing well and they sing it perfect, but not a lot of people can sing and act at the same time or convey an emotion or make people sing. feel something while they're singing and you can do that.
0: whole different ball game.
2: Yeah. And that's why I, I, you know, in my band, evan and zane we don't give ourselves a lot of rehearsal time because we don't want it to be perfect we want it to be like we just invited people into the living room to jam with oh, us that's so cool. and it's we're going like to stumble through now. some stuff yeah and so you know in this over process like auto-tune thing it's like so people are just gravitating more and more to authenticity and the things not being you know so perfect and i always love that and so when i'm in the studio you know i'll whoever's mixing sometimes will you know, correct like a note that may have been slightly off. I'm like, no, I did that on purpose. It's supposed to be, Darren. Right. And we've talked about this in part of your world. Yes, we have. Um, and that, no, it's supposed to be a little off. And like, I love that. You're I broken. love the PJ yeah. Harveys and Joan Jets. And like, they're not perfectly fucking on key all the time. Yep. But they're they've gravitas, and that's yes. the stuff I love.
0: Well, this segues to my last question that I have because we we were talking about loving the '60s and '70s, and talk yes. about. I think that we are probably one of the last generations. Uh, I wouldn't say last but well who knows that's up for debate but uh, one of the one of the last generations that had sort of imperfections in 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 popular music before digital uh, audio correction was sort of in vogue for better or for worse I'm not going to shit on it it has its it has its place it is what it is as does as does everything it's it's it has its you know it can be cool it has its place but the, certainly the before the sort of proliferation of it being all all encompassing of all music the music that we grew up with in the '90s and, and, and early 2000s, we're now reaching a point where we have young people looking at those records that way that we did about the '60s and '70s, and uh, and there are records that are coming out now that that are not necess- that's that that are sort of throwing back to their version of like, oh shit, it was really cool back then. Gen Z loves like if I if I dress like I did when I was eight, now I'd be a fucking Gen Z fashion icon. It's amazing, <laughs> like. They Same. they love that I shit know. because enough time has gone by and i'm wondering for you guys if you think that kids will continue will look at the record like even st- like i keep using jan uh, uh alanis as an example because that is a sort of widely agreed upon like masterpiece everybody knows this they they knew it then they know it now yes. but there are other records that like i loved because i they were fun but i didn't think people would look at them as like at like masterpieces just, like, masterpie- masterpieces like i loved blink 182 and I always loved Dude Ranch and I loved Enema of the State. taught me how to play a lot of instruments. Yep. I love those records. I had no idea that now there are, some, there are records coming out where, like, they're just straight up a throw to that. And they, these kids love it. Like, they love pop punk and it's fantastic. Yeah. Do you yes. guys think there are other records that, like, that, you, that you're seeing now? Or do you think those are going to be looked at the same way that, that we look at the 60s and 70s?
2: I have a, my sister is uh, 16. And so I love.
0: Yeah, what is she into?
2: Yeah, I love hearing about what they're into, and I also love giving her things like, "Okay, computer," and you know, uh, "Jack a yes. little pill." Like, I th- okay, I'm gonna humble brag for a second because everybody's humble brag, and I feel like oh, you i got not. one.
0: But you, please take a okay.
2: And this is a good one. Um, so okay. I was in, I was in an Air One, and uh, that's not the humble brag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like all right. Cool. Could be though. I'll do it. We'll go to could air could one. be though. I'm just taking a
2: picture and so I'm 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 waiting in line to check out and from behind me I hear this voice say or no I know I'm sorry it, it's um tap me on the shoulder and say "Evan." And I turned around and I'm looking at this woman and it's like my brain is not registering what I'm seeing because it's like it couldn't be what's actually in front of me. So my brain tried to make sense of why this person looked familiar. It's like, is this a, wait, no, this got to be, is this a publicist? Is this, who is it? How do I know this person? And right. I just sat there just staring at her, not saying anything until she finally just went, um, it's Alanis. <gasps> and I did that. <laughs> and I was like, I don't. I don't know Alanis Morissette. So for her to tap me on the <gasps> shoulder and call me by my first name was like so shocking that I completely just slept. Oh, oh! Just standing there in shock and was like, I.
0: Oh Alanis Johnson from high school.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I immediately—I was with my mother, and I immediately started looking around, going, "Where's my mom? Oh my god!" Because there's only one. I, <laughs>
0: there's only one
2: Alanis. There's only one. And my mother, my mother, and I listened to Jagged Little Pill. Um, like I mean, I know I can't even tell you what this woman like did for me. I met her backstage at a concert, and I wept. So, oh, she didn't remember me from that time. But like, so yeah, she and I was just like, "Hi," and she's like, "Hey, I just wanted to say, I just want to say, we're just such like." Big fans, and we just saw you in the line. This is my husband. Anyway, we just wanted to say hi. And the like, what? I, I just like I was like trembling. Yeah, <laughs> oh.
0: she must know you're like prime her demographic.
2: I she was everything to me. So anyway, my little sister was with me on that day and watched the whole exchange and had no idea what was happening. And I got in the car and I was like, okay, I'm sorry. Do you know who that was? And she was like, no, no, who's the lines were set. And I was like, okay, we have work to do. Sit down. <laughs> um, like it's time for it's 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 time for music education and the same thing Good sister. So I got to turn her on to Alanis, Alanis Morissette and then the same thing happened recently, to your point. I was talking to her and one of her friends about what music they're into, and I think a Nirvana song came on my, my iPod and her friend went, Oh my god, Cobain! I slow Cobain." I was like, Okay, we're there, we're there, we're at the we're in the Kirkobain phase. Okay, I like this. All right, I know it. Okay. I know it well, I know it very well. And then I mentioned something. I was like, well, you know, like, like, uh, you know, Nirvana Unplugged. And they said, huh? And I almost slammed the brakes of the car. It was like, <laughs> what? I was like, you guys never heard Nirvana Unplugged? Okay. Oh, my God. All, I'm like
0: jealous of getting to experience that. That's for the first what I time said. Again. I
2: was like, I'm so happy I get to put this on. I was, like, I was like, first of all, there's like certain live shows that people talk about just forever. Nirvana Unplugged is one of them. Not only is it one of the most like, just beloved, you know, unplugged live performance. But it could be one of the greatest live performances of all time. Okay? Maybe I was ever. Like, I was like, you know that version of All Apologies that you love? That's not from the album. That's from fucking That's Nirvana Unplugged. Yeah, and so, 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 <laughs> so I just schooled them on this this thing. But they are. They are into it. And they are. My point being is they are finding those things now still like Nirvana Unplugged. You know, but Nirvana Unplugged must feel like, I don't know dylan to us or something i don't know like what is what is it who knows
0: i mean the good ones stick around you know that's the thing you always we're always too close to the microscope to understand like what i already see this happening with like you know younger people who will you know i remember i'll never forget when i was like made fun of talk about our musical eclecticism like i loved every kind of music and i loved when the nsync album came out this, uh, the um the the second yeah. one the big the uh, no strings attached no strings attached came out Damn. I was listening Bam. to like Bam. Biggie I was listening to NSYNC I was listening to Hanson I was listening to oh, Showtunes Hanson but I was but I was also listening to Nirvana oh. and I was listening to Soundgarden and I was listening to all this different shit and I remember people being like you know of course it was slightly made i didn't care but like because i was like how do you not think this is dope like this music is objectively dope you're crazy you're not listening to music as i steal from st she says they're they're their nose they're smelling the music their nose is too high i like that and uh what was the point i was gonna say oh that um i now when we go to like 90s parties or like we go like those same bros who like like when they hear that shit it's, like, nostalgic. It's, like, bulletproof. They fucking... They love it. And yes. I just go, there are so many things now that even if you think are silly or maybe not stand the test of time, if you can, like, capture the imagination and the heart of a fucking teenager, you're set. You're fucking set for life. I don't care how cheesy or stupid oh, yeah. or weird it is at the time. The, until you're fucking on your, on your deathbed, you're going to look at that shit fondly. Now, ideally, that shit is... Culturally important has some kind of weight and gravitas as the people we mentioned, Alanis and Kirk Cobain. But along the way, it's like I have no idea what's going to stick around because I don't know because we're too close. We're just it's we're we're too close. Yeah. To you.
2: Well, did you hear Joni Mitchell talking about on the anniversary? She said, "I'm so happy to see all the support that Blue is getting because when it came out, the critics didn't understand it, and she felt super yeah. insecure about that album."
0: Well, there you go. It wasn't re- it well received. Point.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so it if just that goes doesn't to show you- make
1: you feel better.
2: Dear exactly. listeners,
1: like if that <laughs> doesn't make you feel better, people and didn't if that doesn't tell you
2: that people don't know what the fuck they're, fuck talking, they're talking about. about.
0: <laughs> yep, they don't know. Time. Time will show.
1: Time will just tell. Make your shit. Love it. And like if you stand behind again, like if you stand behind it and you love it, like put it into the universe, put it out in the world. There is going to be an audience for it. I cannot wait to hear.
0: I can't wait. We Evan stand Rachel behind Wood. you, Evan, and we love you. A hundred percent.
1: I'm so excited to hear everything. I remember when SD and her
2: sisters it was like, they had the family band and I knew about their family band. And then <laughs> I remember when I remember the moment that I realized that it was you guys. And my makeup artist at the time, we always like, you know, would give each other music and she was like, Oh my God, have you heard this new band? Hi, And I was like, no, man, bust that shit out. Like, put it on. Like, and, but my brain hadn't, I just hadn't made the connection the because, together. of course, it's you. Yeah. But, like, I, what and a then trip. they were playing, I was like, yeah, this fucking rules. And then, and then I'm looking at the album cover and I'm looking at it. I really these looking at it. these motherfuckers. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was like, what did you say these girls' names for? And she was like, um, I think it's, it's like Estee. like Danielle. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Estee? What the fuck? And I think I immediately texted you, and I was just like, "Excuse me, yes, What's yes, this, this, oh my Who god,
1: I know, you? I know." Because <laughs> we like disappeared for a couple of years. We yeah. were just in a fucking hole, yeah, like just you, writing and recording you guys like and
2: emerged this like boring. butterfly, and I saw it. And I, I, but I was so oh, happy because I just remember thinking, "You know what? Thank God, because nobody like deserves it more than them. They were always so cool." So talented, and they have worked so hard, and I, my heart was just like beaming for you guys. Oh, thanks, Snaps Evan.
0: To that. <laughs> thanks, Evan. Thank you for being on our show. It's thanks been a wild ride, Ev. It's
1: been a wild fucking ride. Oh my god, Ev. we need to Until catch up, one, dude.
0: Guys. Yeah,
1: yeah, we that do. That thing I
0: do, family party, guys. It's gonna have to happen very soon. That thing I do is a presentation of Cadence Thirteen Studios.
1: If you like the show, which I know you do, please be sure to like us, follow us,
0: and leave a glowing review. Thank you for listening to our show. We'll see you next time.